Hello out there, all you listeners of Wheelbyte. Welcome to yet another episode. Episode number four. First and foremost, thank you so much, as always, for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Please always feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the various social media accounts at Wheelbyte Podcast. And should you ever want to drop us a line, we are reachable at wheelbytepodcast at gmail.com. This week, we are discussing skateboarding's greatest and nerdiest documentary show, and that is Epically Latered, hosted by one Patrick O'Dell. Both of us are huge fans of the show and felt it was worth having a discussion about because with it jumping to cable at the end of last year, a lot changed. It became extremely popular among a group of people that don't necessarily skateboard, And we thought this was worth discussing and analyzing on a deeper level, as well as kind of trying to speculate who is worthy of being on season two of Epically Latered for Cable. So here it is, the Epically Latered episode. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to San Francisco. Don't skate here. I feel like like it's dangling by a fucking strain of bone marrow. East Coast Powerhouse. I especially like the flip of the board. Hey yo, turn my headphones up. Should I might check it? Yeah, go for it. Hello. Oh yeah. There you go. Hello. Hello. Low, low, low. Recording live from somewhere. What's up, y'all? This is another episode of Wheelbite coming live from San Francisco, California. I am host, one of two, Ted Theodore Mater. And today's topic, we are going to discuss motherfucking epically latered the greatest nerdiest thing to happen to skateboarding since since the slap message board god yeah i'm i'm saying it the deep depths of all the original skate trolls <laughs> the slap message yeah, board yeah before there was youtube there is just the slap message board but naturally this leads to icebreaker being favorite epically later episode and as always it's never easy for me to pick just one but they're kind of tied into one another uh and that's mike carroll and guy mariano i think you learned so much about emb and the way that whole culture kind of started and how, why they all bonded together and then with guy uh you see a lot into the making of video days and how that all got started and i like that they show a lot of stuff from in between like the times where he wasn't skating they had all sorts of weird footage of him kind of wiling out as a little kid and i appreciate the fact that they were able to show so much of those two dudes lives at that era jay green here I approve of those two choices, definitely. Guys is dope because you get to see a lot of, like, all the other shit 
that happened in his career too. Yeah, that's why I like it. <laughs> um, but my favorite is has to be the Josh Kalis one. Oh man, that one's so good too. Should we specify that? Of course, we're not talking about the one season that has been on TV. If people don't know, there's a whole plethora of episodes that were a web series before yeah. it got to uh, Viceland. And that web series, like, it had spawned a major legacy already by the time it got to cable. So every skater was waiting for this moment, it felt like. You know, King of the Road getting on TV was one thing, but Epically Later getting on TV was some whole other shit because I honestly couldn't believe that, you know, a widespread public audience was even ready for that kind of skateboarding documentary show. You know, it, it's a lot like behind the music with skateboarding, and I guess people love those stories, but the difference exactly. between behind the music and epically later though is like behind the music is always depressing it's always like bands who just couldn't keep their shit together it's it's like the juicy articles i always wanted to read growing up in like thrasher and stuff that came to life basically like you got to know everything behind it but anyways uh favorite episode josh kalis it stands out because he's one of my all-time favorites, and he's been a favorite forever since I, you know, was actually learning what skateboarding was and what cool skateboarding was and what style was. And I'd been a fan of his for so long and to follow his career and then watch that episode and learn all this other stuff about just like how he's moved around and just like the little details of where he's lived and what those situations were like, you know, some not so great and just like his family life and that stuff too. It was a trip because like I said, you follow someone so closely and you only see what's on the outside of it, which is what you see in the videos and the magazines and then you learn all this other wild shit. You learn about the, the fucking relationships they have with, like, other skaters, too. Yeah, the whole so, light on him and Ricky Oyola's yeah, kind of beef with each other right. was really interesting. Yeah. I just felt like with that one, too, they did a great job at really touching upon all the different points in his career. That was one of the few where they really nailed it in Agreed. that sense. Like that and the Cardiel episode, they were great. He did it. He did a very good beginning, not to end, but beginning to where he was at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Kalis was still timeline. going strong at that point, and that's why yeah. Cardiel's story was a little different because it did have sort of an ending. You know, you knew it was going to get to this point where his career had to come to a close. You know, in that sense, Pat O'Dell, the host and creator of the show has always been a genius in that, you know. He had definitely had the vision early. Totally. Because the the shit has been out there, the content has been out there as long as skateboarders have been getting paid and been having living been living it fairly interesting lives. And I think with someone like Pat O'Dell as the creator and host because he himself is such a fan of skateboarding. You know, you can hear it in the way that he talks and, 
you see it, uh, the passion through his work that he did even before that. You know, he loves skateboarding genuinely and wants to tell those stories. And that's what made him such a prolific photographer to begin with back in the day. He was definitely a photographer who told stories with his pictures. Obviously, the one that's coming to mind is this picture of Chet Childress at the Asbury Park pool. Do you know the picture I'm talking about? With the crane, like, or it's not a crane, it's like a steam shovel or something with the claw, like, right above this guy. And he's doing a, I think he's doing a backsmith. That photo is unbelievable. And, you know, Pat O'Dell could tell such good stories with his photography. And him taking his favorite skaters' stories to the documentary world, it wasn't necessarily... um, like creatively the hugest step for him because he's still just weaving these intricate tales. But at the same time, it is the hugest creative step in the world for him because he's now putting these skaters' lives on record for everyone to see in a very unique and profound, in-depth way. And it's really resonating with a lot of people. And, and not just skaters. I know that's the best part. That's been the best part of it coming to cable is all of a sudden you have all these people who don't care about skateboarding necessarily, but they're all enamored and they're all coming to people like us, of course, and like, oh, what other episodes should I watch and stuff like that? We will happily inform you. Yeah, I had some friends of mine, some young women in their you know mid-late 20s, and they have not followed skateboarding. They couldn't tell you the first thing. And they're just come to me and they're just so interested and want to talk about Epically Later and all these new episodes that they're seeing on TV. It's kind of, you kind of get the, the feeling as an older skateboarder, like, oh man, like, you don't even know the half of it. Like, man, like, this shit has been going on forever and it's fucking been the dopest shit ever. And, the masses are catching on and taking over. Like some people would say a lot is how ha- a lot of that is happening in the skateboard world and industry. Oh, right absolutely. Now. That's, I mean, that's been going on, you know, skaters have always been trendsetters, but I don't necessarily look at epically later as much of it being a trend as it is. Uh, it's legitimizing skateboarding culture. Yeah, totally. And he's done it. He's done it very tastefully. Like you said, he's a big fan, and you wouldn't be able to put something together without just that, like, fandom of, like, diving deep into the world of skateboarding for probably your entire life to be able to, like, handpick the people and the topics that he's put together for all episodes. I mean, he essentially said that in the beginning it was just him doing episodes about some of his friends. I mean... He was clearly very close with, like, the Baker and America teams very early on in his career. But after that, he was able to reel them in and be like, hey, I want you to do this episode. So he'd get friends like, you know, Jerry Sue and uh, Spanky Long. They were his first subject matters and... You know, he picked good people right off the bat, but it wasn't until he did Jason Dill that the show really kind of started to take form and become about people's 
story and their careers. You know, before that, it was just kind of weird one-offs. Actually, you know what the first episode is? It's Dustin Dolan getting hammered and going clothing shopping in New York City. And that's it. That's the whole episode. They, like, kind of talk about his career a bit and how much he likes to drink. And that's it. I feel like, though, with the first batches of episodes, though, you know, like we brought up the behind the music comparison and how that stuff was all like dark tales of Motley Crue doing coke and hating each other. But I mean, a lot of the ones he did back in the day, they didn't all necessarily have happy endings. Uh, like most honestly that i can like actually like most of my favorite ones don't necessarily have happy endings. Hey, kalis had a happy ending he was going to skate the new dgk park in yeah. atlanta when he and he i think it was like a little you know after he had gotten on to dgk and him and stevie were just hella hyped on each other like being back on the same team yeah absolutely the ali balula episode is like super hard to watch oh yeah even even like uh, i had my girlfriend watch it with me and that's like something that can appeal to anyone that that is very much a behind the music like tragic rock and roll story Mm -hmm. like that unfolds in real time and it's something that we in the skateboarding world and industry is just kind of this elephant in the room of i don't know we don't need to go too far deep into that but i think patrick odell did a great job using that story and props to ali for like letting that kind of be Mm -hmm. documented like that i feel like too i mean this episode wasn't necessarily a big downer episode but the chocolate one you know that was i think the first time we really as the skateboarding audience got to hear the true story of what happened with keenan milton right like you always kind of heard snippets and rumors from interviews and stuff but no one really ever knew the full story until that episode and they kind of divulged everything and just put it all out there. Yeah. Again, similar to like the, what I said about Kalis, like being such a big fan of the girl chocolate crew, like forever and of Keenan Milton and just like, just this like weird, like hearsay rumor shit throughout like the skate world and, and not really knowing how all of that happened and then to hear it like straight from them, it was just like, it's biz- it's really cool, but it's also just like bizarre a little bit too. Well, the mystique is gone, and also at the same time though, once again, that's like a very heavy topic, and it probably was difficult for either some of them to say it or some of them to watch it. Absolutely, but for sure. again, I think Odell did it very tastefully. Right, you know, he didn't overindulge anything and he didn't like take any sides there's no like bias in it or anything and i don't know he just handled such a very sensitive issue really well he's clearly trusted by the skateboard community and like these dudes who have by no means have perfect lives or have perfect stories they've like really let him in another good example is the antoine dixon episode that was one I was which is up, yeah. is super super gnarly 
again, that. like Antoine being such a huge fan of Antoine Dixon, and like he had a reputation already. Oh yeah, a big time reputation for being a loose cannon and and dealing with substances and stuff like that. But like he caught a lot of shit in real time with that one. And I actually want to say that Antoine, I've heard, is maybe was not super pleased with how it came out or how it, he was. how it portrayed him. There's a handful of, uh, I'm not, they're not scenes because this is happening and he's filming him in real life with like the cops and just like being wasted and like, it's really heavy shit. I think that one is really hard to watch. Because of that, you know it's happening in real time. Like the Ali Bulala one and the talking about Keenan Milton, like those are things right, that yeah. have happened and everyone has grieved with it and taken their time to move on in a healthy manner. Meanwhile, this whole Antoine Dixon thing, like this is his life as he's living that it was right, right now. Yeah, that was his current. <laughs> you know? That was his at the time. This was a while ago, but that was yeah, that was his current situation and and dealing with like a lot of money that he was getting at the time and just I don't like to call that a favorite episode just because of the way it is, but like that shit was it was interesting and it definitely gave uh, a firsthand look into what everyone really wanted to basically what everyone really wanted to see from Antoine, which was him kind of live up to that rough reputation, which is kind of unfortunate actually mm -hmm. that like, I mean, I feel for him, honestly, like I couldn't imagine being him and seeing that after and being like stoked on it. No, not at all. And you know, he went away not too long after that, didn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah. He was incarcerated shortly after. I mean, that only makes things worse. <laughs> um, not to be like a super downer with this, and um, but the Menace one, the Menace Also covered, a very difficult one to the watch. The Menace covered a lot of shit, you know, Fabian and like just like that whole crew i mean that at the time he covered what had happened in the past again so it's kind of a past tense thing but but fabian had been on the inside for a long fabian alomar yeah did did a lot of time and had a fairly prolific career in skateboarding before he went to jail mm -hmm. and same with stephen callis in fact that's how the harmony kareen episode even came to be is because of Stephen Callis, but more on that later. However, like Fabian Alomar talking again, this just shows how fucking awesome Odell is and how vulnerable he can get his subjects. Cause like that menace one is pretty long, but the Fabian Alomar part in of itself is like it's 15 minutes. Gnarly, yeah. yeah. It's like just him telling his story, yeah. his, uh, Crail couch interview that he had was similar too, where he just like at one point kind of goes off and just like gives this whole lecture on living. And that's why it's so awesome to see him since then. Like he's gotten a little more spotlight and he's clearly cleaned himself up and is, is doing good in the world. And while his story was painful in the end, I guess technically there is a happy ending because he's living his life. He's acting, he's back on the board. It's really cool to see all that stuff. It's not all doom and gloom. No. In the skateboard world. Not all the time. 
And no, it's it's not all doom and gloom, but all the ones that had endings planned out, like you saw where it was going to end. Like for me, the hardest one to watch in that sense was Ed Templeton because like I've been a huge fan of him forever. And they've done great episodes on like that whole era of Toy Machine. For me, though, the Templeton one was tough because I knew it kind of ends when like a few years ago he broke his leg and he's pretty much been out of the game ever since. So we all knew that was coming. And within the episode, he kind of reveals that like, yeah, I've retired from skating. Like I'll still do a curb once in a while. But, you know, it shows that these people do like your heroes get older and that's hard to see. But I think because skateboarding is treated differently than other sports, like I would say, yeah, like the way exactly the way you get older with skateboarding as a profession or even a hobby is completely different. Like you don't see Larry bird out there still like shooting baskets on TV or something like that. But like, you still want to have the ability to see Ed Templeton pushing around and doing an impossible, but it's good that like, you know, Odell also knows what his audience wants. And like, you know, the fact that he did all those toy machine episodes too, he knows people want to hear, and learn about Welcome to Hell and shit like that. I really enjoyed a lot of that because I've never been, I know you're a super huge toy machine fan and got a toy machine guy. And I've just never, I actually learned a lot about the early toy machine days and just like Muska and BA and like how it all came together and Josh Kalis and it gave me definitely a different and new appreciation for the full picture and the full story of Toy Machine as they were emerging and that, and into what, you know, they are today or and at the time those episodes were made. Yeah. And I mean, I wish they had talked about that more in the BAM episode. And like now like, yeah. I want to get into some things about like how they changed it for tv but like if they had done the bam episode the same way they would have done like the online web series i'm sure that whole chunk of time where they were doing like jump off a building in the first cky video would have had you know their own huge segment within the context of the episode same with the muska episode and talking about shorties like i feel like they focused way more on him ripping it up in hollywood with all these fucking supermodels well that's i mean that's what yeah that's i i agree with that there and that's the deep the deep skate nerd coming out from you but muska was that's what people wanted to see that's what he was known for, the Tony Hawk era and just the crazy Hollywood dated Paris Hilton muska. I mean, yeah, that is the skate nerd within me, but there's so much to discuss about shorties and just that whole crew. And I feel like, you know, we were deprived of that as an audience because, I mean, don't you want to hear like bizarre fucking crazy stories from Smolik and oh Brandon Turner and shit like that? <laughs> I'm sure like those dudes would be able to talk for days about shout out to the Steve Olson Chrome ball interview. Yeah. It has, can... has a nice, nice couple little, nice little window into that era. Some good stories. I'm surprised they didn't get him on that episode either. Like that would have been amazing. See, that's see the thing. Steve I feel Olsen like on I... TV talking about the Muska. I feel like if we had had more 
shorty stories from those three dudes, I would have walked away very happy. But, you know, obviously they were they I think they were the livest crew at that time. Oh Muska, I can't even imagine how out of pocket Muska was at that time. I think the stories will never do it justice. I mean, I did read one thing about like some trans world award ceremony where the shorties crew like rolled in late, like in the middle of the show, Duh. hella fucking faded, like in suits, fucking carrying the boombox, like blast and drum and bass music. And I was like, even if this article is making this up, which I don't think they were. No way. Even if they are, I'm like, I just want to believe that this happened exactly the way they're describing. That lie is one of the beauties of skateboarding. Uh, It's just a wonderful thing to know that they were all of like they were who they said they were. They were live as fuck, but they were exactly who they promised they were. But going into this season now, like. We we got eight subjects for the first season on TV that I thought were all really good and really interesting, but I also feel like they really worked hard to pick people who would be universally known. Like, anyone who doesn't skate could see that person's name on TV and be intrigued. I think the most underground people they picked were, like, Andy Roy and Heath Kirchart. But not even. But, well, I, Heath, Heath and, I would say, Reynolds, probably. Yeah, but Reynolds is just so well known. Like, kids who did skate or did play Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, they all remember Andrew He's, Reynolds. I mean, yeah, there's the Tony Hawk Pro Skater effect, of course, with Andrew Reynolds. And not to, of course, take anything away from him because he's the best ever he's the boss and he's the boss but i think andy roy makes a lot of sense because well it does he's now all over king of the road he's all over king of the road and he's all over vice's a couple like years web now. series yeah he's got but, some yeah but that's so recent it's not like he like i think of bam margera is the perfect example of someone like who anyone the sees channel his name. the channel itself as far as like what people are viewing he did it brilliantly because it's new it's, you know, most people who know about this show now only think that this is, like, the only content. Right. You know? I think that Andy Roy made a lot of sense. I loved... I actually really liked the Andy Roy episode. No, because, I did, too. It was awesome. Because it showed things in real time with Andy Roy and... Yeah, if you know and with- if you know anything about Andy Roy, like that is again, like we said about the Antoine episode and some other of those episodes, like that is what people they show him being crazy on King of the Road on TV. But he's really but, hyping it up but for that show. Yeah. He's hype no not. That's that's actually how Andy Roy is. He might be like it might be a little more choreographed i should say maybe Mm -hmm. but that's dude he's fucking really screaming and hyped up and smashing his board and like screaming at skaters that's really how he is but again they showed you with the little interaction at the santa cruz skate park like that's what people wanted to see i feel like or that's what people who really kind of know andy roy and his past and some of you know the crazy shit that he's been known for wanted to see and it happened in real time and i thought that shit was kind of hard to watch at moments 
Well, I love that whole thing between him and the dude from Consolidated. Yeah, that. That was just amazing. But every time I see Andy Roy, yeah, he's definitely hyped up, but I don't feel like he is on King of the Road. <laughs> he's yeah. much more approachable, it seems. Than he, he is. Yeah, <laughs> totally. He's, I mean, he's, he's like fucking hosting the show. Right. Yeah, of course, he's like hamming it up a little bit. But I liked that episode a lot, too, because it touched upon some really crazy dark areas of again his yeah not definitely not the happiest but the, skateboard story no but the ending was really good because you know he basically passes on his philosophy which is like yo i'm here today and i'm happy that i'm here today which is really important especially yeah. right now with like everything happening in the world for sure you know i sometimes think people need to hear that also, if you ever want to see some ridiculous shit, because he does host all that weird shit on Vice, like, there's one thing he did where he took some camera crew around and, like, showed him where he eats in San oh, Francisco. I've, yeah, I've seen and that. And they go to Tommy's joint. Yeah. Dude, just watching all the comments roll in from all these people <laughs> who don't know who the fuck he is, and they're just hating on him so hard. Like, I'm not going to let some tweaker tell me where to get good barbecue in Northern California. It's like, oh my god! Don't like, play yourself. Tommy's joint is yeah. The best. For, first off, Tommy's joint fucking rules. Hell yeah, you fuckers! And second, don't knock shit till you fucking do your homework because like they're talking all this shit on Andy Roy, and if they just watch that episode of Epically Later, they know like, oh, this is like a really good guy. He just wants to skate and eat meat and not drink alcohol. I thought the Bam episode was similar to yeah. the Andy Roy episode it kind of they're both still skating they both still rip and they're both still around Andy Roy probably more so than Bam Bam very recently we've been seeing him on the board but they had a similar feel in that it kind of I guess they could have went deeper like you said into the Bam the Bam shit like earlier on in his career mm -hmm. but they kind of did like a full beginning to current if you will yeah well I was glad they talked a lot about what was going on with him currently because I think that's kind of been a big mystery for the past few years especially since like he was super involved with being in mediocre rock and roll projects <laughs> and not really skating like dressing like a fucking weirdo and not skating well, his he, two favorite things to be doing. Man, he's got such a crazy fucking story, dude. Like, of course, being affiliated with the Jackass, like, I'm not going to do a replay of his career or the episode or anything, but, like, it's really, we'll get into it, but that one is a very good example of why the older episodes that were longer mm -hmm. or four parts were super super dope to me it should be noted that the original web series episodes had up to sometimes like six seven parts yeah right and they were all like 15 to 20 minutes long most right. of the time so he kind of had a little more to play with obviously they're not being aired on tv in a time slot but man they could have i felt like they could have went super deep into the bam one you have so much history there with his time on toy machine the fact that he dropped out of school to make all all these CKY videos. He was part of the Love Park crew and he was involved in Big Brother kind of early on. And, you know, he just had this crazy life throughout his career in skateboarding. And this is all before like the MTV stardom. Made millions and millions of dollars on television. Yeah. Which he was like, 
he's basically, I would argue, the most household name. Besides Tony Hawk. Besides, yeah, actually Tony Hawk more so because people, Tony Hawk was very much as, just associated with skating. Mm-hmm. Bam was associated with jackass more, I feel, at that time oh, definitely. with skateboard, than but skateboarding. Alyssa Steamer even says in the episode, like, she says it was Tony Hawk syndrome. People would say, oh, you skate, do you know Bam Margera? And like the same way they would say, oh, you skate, do you know Tony yeah. Hawk? It's the same deal, but Bam was different because, like, he was like a teen icon type situation, like almost like a boy band figure. Tony Hawk was—I don't want to—he was just a skater. Well, I don't want to compare him to someone like Michael Jordan. Yeah, he's but the just Michael a, Jordan. Yeah, but he's I guess face. he is. He's—he's yeah. he's the person you recognize with skateboarding, no matter what. The same way. You recognize Michael Jordan with basketball. There's that like iconic picture of Michael Jordan doing the big dunk, hand <laughs> fully extended, like and like I don't know if a photo of Tony Hawk, maybe him doing the loop, <laughs> the nine hundred, or the nine hundred. But he, yeah, I guess that would be his thing. There isn't like a five forties, basically. Well, I was gonna say with Tony, there isn't like a nine hundred photo that fucking is unanimous with his name the way that photo of michael jordan is unanimous with his name but tony hawk within representing skateboarding is definitely on the same level of someone like michael jordan i know it sounds cliche but it's totally true and it's funny to bring up tony hawk in that context because one of the people who had his own episode was spike jones and atiba had a great quote in that one where he said he would consider Spike to be skateboarding's biggest success story on par with Tony Hawk. And I guess that's totally true, but in a completely different context. Mm. Mm. I don't know. You disagree with that? I, Why? I think it's valid because he was around from the beginning mm-hmm. of his beginning i should say of you know just being around skateboarding and when i play the association thing it's not i don't associate spike with skateboarding right away and it's because probably the other parts of his success in the film industry have taken him further i feel Mm -hmm. but i kind of just like tony hawk to me is just like a skater and he's just like a skate nerd and he fucking loves skateboarding and he always has and that's kind of just where he's been at and spike is very much behind the scenes and i mean he's he's totally valid like you know what i mean he's he's earned his place in the skateboard world in history absolutely but for me i just I don't know. I agree with the team on this, though, because with Spike, his success was different. And you're right. He is more of a behind the scenes. I can understand why you would say, like, when you play the association game, it's not quite the same as it is with someone like Tony Hawk. Because, yeah, Tony Hawk is a skater. Every picture you see of him is him on the board. Well, maybe every picture you see back then of Spike is him sitting at a fucking editing bay and putting a video together because that is like there is a super famous picture of him in like the world industries fucking offices like editing the video with mike ternaski what he was able to create is i'm such a huge fan don't get it twisted what he was able to create just the whole vibe and everything around the first 
you know, four girl chocolate videos. Dude, even before that, though, with video days and rubbish heap, like the reason I hold him to the same standard is because what Tony Hawk did for skateboarding, Spike did for skate videos. I can, like, I can agree with the that. The only reason Spike was like a true visionary in terms of skate videos for his time because he took what had been used to make all the previous big videos before but put his own twist on it to kind of tell more of a story and cause more feelings. Big production. Okay, look at the 80s. You have Stacy Peralta. I should say more of a production. I mean, that came later for sure. But like in the beginning, it's Stacy Peralta making Powell videos. There are these big production things, and like there's all these cuts, and it's a totally different thing. It it reads more like a commercial maybe than like the videos we're accustomed to today. Fast forward to the late '80s, and you have H Street, and that puts the camera in the hands of just skaters because now you have home video cameras, and you can take them out and go film whenever you want. You don't need to have this big production anymore. Spike kind of took both those ideas, like the DIY thing, but also like, oh, let's do something a little more concentrated with a little more personality and um, appeal to the masses. Like, that's why Video Days is so awesome because, yeah, the skating's great and the way he filmed it was kind of new age and revolutionary. But then there's also the whole thing of them like crashing the car yeah, at the end. Super <laughs> fucked up with a kid in the car. Like imagine seeing that in the early nineties, like before, you know, nowadays that kind of shit exists all over YouTube. Just like random yeah. bullshit that like you can't tell if it's artistically genius or just fuckery. And that was the fine line that video days was able to walk. Yeah. And you got to, yeah, that's, I mean, it's a good point. You got to watch that also evolve through his videos too. Right. And what, what level Spike was taking it to with his next video. And that's what I'm saying, like, about the later becoming a big production. Like, Spike was this master of fucking, he had all these connections in Hollywood and knew how to pull them in in a way that didn't seem overindulgent or, like, needy for attention until, of course, the fully flared intro. That was, like, the biggest, like, holy shit, who the fuck thought of this? The skaters were sketched out. Yeah. Like, you know that's, like, they're going to do it for Spike, you know? they're None of them are going to say no to this legendary moment. But, like, I like the couple of those stories when they're shooting that is pretty funny. We're kind of wavering here a little bit. A little bit. But I want to come back to this idea, too, though, about the filmmaker episodes. What did you make of the Harmony Kareen episode? Cause it uh, wasn't really man. about skateboarding right. at all. Right. I appreciated the Harmony Kareen episode. I didn't hate it. I didn't dislike it. I didn't think it was bad or well, or, you know, not put together well, but they kind of told a story maybe that I knew mostly already and it was mostly about kids and it was mostly about like his relationships with like everyone and how it was formed. I mean, I liked it because I'm a huge, I'm just such a huge fan of everything they're talking about in Mm -hmm. the episode. So I liked it. But as far as like what I'm geared up for and like ready for from Epically Latered, that maybe wasn't necessarily it. That's sort of how I felt because I knew they were going to talk about his film career, obviously, and kids. But 
I was like, man, how are they going to fill this time block up with stuff about skateboarding? And for the most part, it wasn't about skateboarding. But when I was kind of wishfully thinking that it would mostly cover that stuff, I figured we'd see so much shit from that early era of New York skateboarding. And the climax would be the fact that they did make kids rather than that being like one of the first things they talk about. You know, I thought it would be gearing all the way through the episode to this culture and this idea and the fact that they did go to all these raves all the time and that they were always hanging out and living this fucking crazy I mean, he, does, he talks about that. Yeah, but it, it was more, that was a piece of the episode rather than what they were what it building could towards. could have been, right. Yeah. And I, that's what I thought it was going to be. So again, like I did like it and I did learn a lot from it, but I was hoping for some like a completely different end product. I mean, I, I agree that again, the most recent season has been geared to appeal to the masses and using someone spikes both their stories, not to take anything away from them, both their stories are great and super interesting, especially to people like us. I can see how Harmony was like, all right, well, he people most people know the movie Kids mm-hmm. and Spring Breakers. I guess more people probably know <laughs> Spring Breakers at this point. At than this kids. point, that's probably true, which is fucked, but <laughs> I do see the I'm not gonna call it a reach, but I do see the intention behind choosing a subject like Harmony Kareen. Mm-hmm. And again, the story is super dope. But I guess coming from, like, the super skate nerd who we've had all these, like, super juicy episodes that maybe was just, like, I don't know, it was different. Yeah, completely different kind of juice. But this gets to the point where you have to ask yourself, who is big enough to cover if they're going to do a second season? Are they going to pull some of the names that they used back in the day and redo those episodes? Because, like... Look at someone like Brian Anderson. His episode that he had was full length. It was a 45-minute episode in total. They could air it on TV as is, maybe clean up some of the language. And there's a guy who, at this point, is super famous because of what he represents for gay culture in that community. And his coming-out video that they put out a couple years ago was a huge success and a huge deal. It launched him into the international spotlight. But then also, at the same time, let's say they don't do that. Are they going to pick a whole new batch of people? And if they do, who are the people that are worthy to have episodes about them? We've had a funny back and forth, me and Ted, about like trying to like create or crack the algorithm of... like. <laughs> who's who's famous enough or like who's uh mainstream enough that it'll be interesting for the masses because again let's be honest it's on television now it has to have a certain element of appealing to everyone or a lot of people yeah i mean we have a few i think i think ty Ty Evans makes a lot of sense. I mean, he had a very short one in the earlier online episodes, but because of where he is now... So much has happened. Yeah, they did that around the time Fully Flared came out. Yeah. And now I think, like, the fact that he's done TV commercials and these big 4K skate productions... Constantly progressing and, like, pushing the limits. And he was featured in a lot of episodes... In the first season. And by the way, uh, if anyone has been paying attention to 
who was on the last season, do you realize how trans world feedback centric that whole lineup was between the fact you have Ty Evans in a ton of the episodes and then you have Bam, Muska, Jason Dill, and Andrew Reynolds, four people who are in feedback and the director of feedback in a ton of their episodes. It's just something the algorithm. Yeah. The algorithm continues, there but it something is. dwells or that's funny. There's something there. Yeah. Is what I'm getting at. But anyways, Ty Evans, he's done so much in the past few years and it would not surprise me if they did an episode about him. Like he seems like a perfect candidate. He's not necessarily a household name, but because he has done all this interesting shit and done videos for like Mountain Dew and stuff like that, he seems worthy of having an episode. And it would be a story that people could probably identify with on a wider scale. And now the new Bam Margera, if you will, Mr. Rob Deerdeck. Yep. He is an obvious candidate. I don't think it will ever happen just because he's such a crazy businessman now that, like, I think if he was going to do something like that, he would do it himself. And he's going to, like, make a fucking documentary out of it and try and like monetize it and capitalize on it or some well, shit that's the same reason why i don't think we'd get someone like tony hawk or steve caballero like these are guys who are worthy of having a feature-length film made about them that's done by like a real super successful director like fucking martin scorsese or some fucking shit like that the the thing about deer deck though is it would almost, I feel like, maybe not do it justice because kind of like the BAM one, mm-hmm. Deer Deck has this whole super interesting, we know bits and pieces of the history from back in San Diego and Alien House and all this shit. Yeah, living with Kelly but Bird like, and Dwayne Do Petrie. you think that if Deer Deck is covered in one of these episodes, like... They're going to be covering that, or they're going to be covering fucking Robin Big and Fantasy Factory, Deer Deck, and like like DC Video transition into like crazy famous Rob Deer Deck. That's what I think they would. They cover probably mostly. would focus on that. I mean, I'm not arguing that that's where the focus would be, but would they do an episode? I don't think it's like too beneath Deer Deck to do something like that. No, not beneath. I don't think it's beneath, but he's completely transformed out of skater, seemingly in the public eye. He'll always be a skater, mm-hmm. but to me, it's not very realistic for him to to have something like that put out by someone else. The other person who is questionable in my mind, and again, he's worthy of having something crazy done about him, but I also just don't think that's his style necessarily, but that's the Gons. Like, Odell has always said it's his dream to do a full-length episode on Mark Gonzalez. That's you always been his thing. <laughs> uh, you can't catch the Gons. Yeah. Like, how are you gonna how are you gonna follow that guy around? Like, how are you gonna fucking sit that guy down? Gons is like the Mewtwo of skateboarding. He is impossible to fucking catch. But I think that he would sit down with Odell. And would fucking do an episode. Like, I think that'd be awesome. That's, I mean, all all the real skate nerds out there drooling over that one. I don't, man, I don't know. I just don't like, 
putting the gons into a 45 minute episode like maybe they could do a two-parter for our monster or something it's like almost that. like you know i understand the time constraint but it's it seems like he's shifted the episodes to highlight one or two things does that make sense instead of like if the gons ha- did have an episode instead of like chronicling his entire career up until now like i feel like they would maybe have to like pick a few things out well they'd probably talk about him being one of vision's top dudes they would talk about being the guy that started blind and then they'd probably talk about how he he's did crooked <laughs> and maybe how he's the skater skater he's yeah your, he's your favorite skater's favorite skater uh they would definitely talk about his art too like they would yeah, definitely yeah, spend a good chunk sure. of time discussing his fucking paintings yeah you're right they would definitely i mean i'd want to know about his time on real because he did a lot of what i consider to be his best skating on real i just i guess maybe as like a a fan i would want to see more i would want to see it rolled out with giving it its propers i mean he also could be worth a full-length documentary but people who seem more like the skater that would be able to have a 45 minute episode to me like jamie thomas and stevie williams seem to fit that mold perfectly a lot of people know who both those guys are They've both done great things in skateboarding and overcome huge obstacles. Like Stevie obviously was living the little ghetto kid life, his whole upbringing. Dirty ghetto kid. Yeah, sorry. The dirty ghetto kid life. Stevie is a great... Well, I think Stevie is fucking perfect. Because oh, absolutely. Because we all have a decent idea of, you know, the rep he had in skateboarding and how it kind of took him, like, to get on the chocolate to really, like bust out but he i mean with what he's done with dgk it's dgk is fucking everywhere and the crazy contracts that he's gotten with zoomies and all these just like huge huge brands and how he's able to spread that it started out as a small little like thing that like you see nowadays like a skater owned board company that just popped up out of nowhere and I think he is his success story in business and just how it all came up out of his struggle is a perfect episode. And he, DGK is enough of a household name. If you don't know who Stevie Williams is, you probably have seen DGK or a I Heart Hater shirt. Yeah, exactly. So the Kool-Aid I, fucking I, shirt I, that he makes. I think that, that, would, that Stevie's story is super dope and... I think that would be a great one. And then even with Jamie Thomas, you know, he has done the same thing. He's owned a lot of companies. He's won fucking championships. He may not also be a household name, but, oh, he also was in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, Skater. which sets him apart. He's just done so much and, again, came from very humble beginnings. Like, if you listen to his Nine Club episode at all, you know, it's like three hours long. And he did mention in it that him and Pat O'Dell were talking about doing an episode, which is why, I mean, he's one of the more likely people that we have listed here who could have a full episode about them. And I hope he does. But then, like, there's the other question, too, in terms of who they're going to cover. Like, you know, they used to do pieces on younger skaters. Like, there was a fucking Theotis Beasley one and a Sean Malto one because 
Odell said for a while he liked the idea of checking in with younger skaters. However, I think that those episodes are kind of always a loss for his major fan base. <laughs> it really, I hate to say it, but the Balto and like the Theotis, I love both those skaters, amazing skaters, but it kind of seemed more like a day in the life. It totally did. And that's one of the things I didn't like about those episodes. It reminded me a lot of his first handful where he was kind of trying to still figure out what the show was. And it's good that he wants to include the younger talent. But, like, Malto's story to me was just like, I'm a nice kid from Kansas City who is really good at skating, and I came up in Mm -hmm. Kansas City, and then Girl found me, and (laughs) I wanted to be on Zero, but I couldn't quite make it. And now I'm sponsored by Gatorade. I want to see some of these, the live young bucks, some of these dudes who are like a little edgy and like, I know, like really get down out there. We have, we have a shod down here. He'd be a good one. I would love to see in a shod one skater of the year, super young in his career. And he's still like getting better and better. And he's done a lot too. Like you know, yeah. this is a guy who puts out like three or four parts a, a year. year. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think this show, uh, like the same thing with Deer Deck, I don't necessarily think this is something that's beneath him. No, no like not I at think, all. in fact, if anything, I think this would legitimize him just a little bit more. I would love to see a Raven Terche one again. Raven's super buck, and a person His... with so much history and ties to the skateboarding world. Yeah. He, I think he would be a very entertaining. He was on King of the Road too, so he's had some screen time, mm-hmm. you know. So he that might make a little, a little more sense. Uh, but I definitely want to see some of the uh, a GX. So one of the GX dudes would be super sick too. Just that whole movement, I think. Yeah, like if, they like just if he did could one do a GX episode, that, absolutely, that would be really cool. Also, one of the younger people I was thinking that would be a good story for him to tell because it was so quick and out of nowhere would be someone like Chris Joslin. I don't really know Chris Joslin's background all that well, but here you have a guy who is essentially like the Pat Duffy of his time, came out first part in a Plan B video out of nowhere. Like a Jamie Foy maybe too? Um, I think Jamie Foy could... Because, I mean, dude, he he's had from, a hell of a year last year. He's from Bumfuck, Florida. He, like, really kind of came up. In the same year, he went pro and won Skater of the Year. But a shot out of all those people seems like the most likely. Since also, you got to throw into play here, too. He is the first black Skater of the Year, which is ridiculous to even think about. It's such a minor issue in the grand scheme of skateboarding, but that is something right. I think worth discussing yeah in that format absolutely Because again that's something it's a pretty edgy topic but i think patrick odell would be the kind of person who could handle that with class and tact i mean whoever they pick next season i'm sure when they announce the lineup all of us will collectively be like drooling looking it's, at our smartphones <laughs> it's obviously gonna have a few curveballs looking at the harmony kareen and the spike episodes it's which i'm looking forward to as well what like more episodes like that cover that side of things i yeah like i i think it's cool that he can transform it a little bit and take something that 
is certainly involves skateboarding and is very relevant to us Mm -hmm. who you know we love the originals and we love the new one but you know it has to have that like kind of roots to it i guess the roots to the episode so i think that it's cool how he can kind of spin it and take someone like harmony kareen and spike and kind of turn it a little bit like look this person isn't just a skater like they don't necessarily skate but they're very much involved and have their their thumbprint on the industry and the culture and the history and i mean if he's gonna start to do that too with different art forms i wonder too if we could get like a fucking odd future episode or something along those lines just stuff that comes from skate culture that doesn't necessarily have to do with skating regardless he's tapped into a good formula he's been doing this forever and as long as viceland keeps running episodes I'll be happy, you know. It's good to see that he's come this far and can bring that show to cable and that people like it and enjoy it and it is reaching that wider audience because if skateboarding is going to be in the Olympics, there's no reason you can't get other aspects of it on cable. Definitely co-signed with just the type of exposure he's giving to the skateboard world in the skateboard industry. He's doing it in a very tasteful way. And it's nice to see something kind of out there on TV. That's just a hundred percent kind of gimmick free. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's going to piss some people off like that core audience. Like, I mean, you hear us bitching about like, oh, they didn't talk about shorties enough or something like that. But like, obviously we, you know, are nerds and crave that kind of information. But to the casual viewer, it's still great. And to the like core that he's going to lose, if I, I don't imagine that he lost too many people. I'm sure they were still excited to see this shit on cable. But, you know, these things have to change if you want them to grow and do better. Obviously, he's got to change the time constraints and remove information that a regular person might see as boring, but this is so that he can go on and continue to do more successful things. So, hey, Odell, as long as you keep making episodes or documentaries about defunct skate magazines, I'm all fucking for it, man.